Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, Trafford's department store is now closing for the evening. We will open again at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Good night, Merry Christmas, and thank you for shopping at Trafford's. Well, Santa, it's ten o'clock. Only three more days of ho-ho-hoing. Think you can last it out? Of course I can. Easiest job I ever did have. Well, we're certainly glad you could help us out again this season in the toy department. It isn't every store that has a Santa with his very own white beard. <laughs> well, only reason I ever grew it was because it got to be too darn much trouble to shave every day or so. <laughs> well, you look wonderful with it. Just like Santa Claus. Does Mrs. Jacobson like it? There isn't any Mrs. Jacobs anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, she's been gone 15 years now. My husband passed away not quite six years ago. If I hadn't gotten this job managing the toy department, I don't know what I'd have done. Yes. Well, we certainly didn't have much business this evening. The snow, I suppose. Huh? Call this a snowstorm? Nothing like the kind they used to have back where I came from. Oh, where was that, Mr. Jacobson? Ever hear of Goose Egg, Wyoming? <laughs> Goose Egg? You have to be kidding. No, sirree. Goose Egg, Wyoming. Just a few miles this side of old Casper. Yeah, on, the, on the North Platte River. I'll tell you, we used to get some real winters there. Why, there was uh, one excuse time... Excuse me, Mr. We... Jacobson. I've got to close out the cash registers while we talk. Oh, well, you go ahead, Mrs. Wells. I, I'll just get on home. Uh, Mr. Jacobson. Yeah? I just thought of something. Would you by any chance be taking the bus home? Uh-huh. Why don't you let me run you home in my car? I was thinking we could stop by my house on the way for a hot drink and and maybe a piece of mince pie. Do you like mince pie? Mince? Nothing I like better. Good. All right, Mrs. Welch. You got yourself a deal. And it, I'll pay you back. I'll, I'll tell you the story of Macomba and his miracle tonic. Best Christmas story I know. And it all started in Goose Egg. Tonight, Crisis brings you a strange sort of Christmas tale. A story about a very different kind of Christmas spirit, as told by Jake Jacobson, the Santa Claus down at the department store. In just a minute, McCumber's Miracle Tonic. Crisis brings you McCumber's Miracle Tonic. Here's your pie, Mr. Jacobson. Mm. How is it? Oh, it, oh, this is good pie, Mrs. Welch. Prime, first rate. Oh, well, I'm glad you like it. Now, I'm going to tell you about McCumber. McCumber? Fellow with a magic tonic. I told you I was going to tell you about him back in the store. Oh, yes, of course. Well, you see, my daddy... Brought the family out to Wyoming when it was still a territory and set up a little shop repairing wagons. We were just outside Casper. In Goose Egg. In Goose Egg, that's right. Oh, you know about Goose Egg? Oh, no, you mentioned it back at the store. Oh, so I did. Well, anyway, my daddy come from Norway, and everybody called him a dumb Swede, which, of course, he wasn't. He was Norwegian. But anyway, people made fun of him all the time, and every peddler left on the Oregon Trail made it a point to to look Daddy up, try to sell him whatever it was they had for sale. And poor Mama, you know, Mrs. Welch, 
You look a little bit like my mama did when, you, when she was your age. Do I? Quite a bit. Well, as I was saying, mama would take pity on every stranger you stopped by the cabin, and the, that even included people everybody knew were just crooks. Well, he had a real bad window on you, year, year before I was born. Matter of fact, I think that, I think they said it was. That'd make it uh, 1895 to thereabouts. And they took in this girl. Don't know what her name was. Uh, Sally? I think uh, I think they said her name was Sally. Anyway, she was all alone on the trail out of Casper when she saw smoke coming out of our chimney and stopped in to get warm. Sure, I'm grateful to you for letting me come and sit by your fire, Mrs. Jacobson. You're most welcome. I suppose you're wondering what a girl like me is doing alone on the trail. I would never have asked, Sally, but I am a bit troubled. I'm running away. Oh? And who are you running away from? Your folks? I, I, I'm not running away from anyone. I'm, I'm running to catch up with a man. My sweetheart. And where might he be? Well, he'd be almost to the Rockies by now. This time of year? Oh. Well, you see, he, he's running too. Oh. From the law? Yes. Oh, only he's innocent. Well, he never hurt no one. Only he couldn't prove it, so he, so he had to run, don't you see? Because no one would believe him. Oh, my dear, it's too dangerous for you to be on the trail alone. And it's almost Christmas. It don't matter. Well, nothing to keep me in Casper no more. And in my place is with Jonah. Well, how do you expect to catch up with Jonah? I don't know. But I have to. I'll keep going day and night. It's getting too, too dark to work anymore. Hello, dear. Hello, Sally. Are you getting warm now? Oh, I'm fine, Mr. Jacobson. Now i got to go. Go? Tonight? It's starting to snow. You can't go out tonight. You stay here with us. I'd, I'd sure like to, but I'll never catch up with Jonah if I don't get going. Sally, the trail is no place for a woman all by herself. Oh, I can make it. Now i got to get a move on. Well, I, I don't know. There's a wind coming up. Mr. Jacobson, I appreciate the way you feel, but my mind's made up. Well, you must let me fix you a good hot supper before you go. And I'll make something for you to eat on the trail when you get hungry. You're awful nice to me. I, I sure wish I could pay you back some way. Oh, nonsense. There's there's no moon out tonight either, Sally. The trail gets terribly dark. Now, now why is old Rex barking like that? Well, maybe someone's coming. Let me see. Oh, yes, there's a wagon out. A wagon? Probably wants repairs. You go ahead, start the supper, and I'll see what see what needs to be done. I'll be glad to help if you let me. Quiet down, Rex. Hello? Hello? What can I do for you? Would you be Mr. Jacobson? Yeah, I'm Mr. Jacobson. McCumber's the name. Dr. Horace P. McCumber. Developer of McCumber's Miracle Tonic. Oh, yeah, I see on the side of your wagon. Uh, they tell me in town you repair things like broken wagon wheels at uh, reasonable rates. Yeah, I do. That I do. Well, my left rear wheel has uh, taken to wobbling. Let me have it. Let me have a look at it. Yeah, it's loose all right. Uh, can you fix it? Oh, sure. Are you in a hurry? Well, I want to get over the Rockies before the winter storms set in. There's a lot of folks out there who'll be needing to stock up on the Miracle Tonic. Best thing in the world for everything from chill blains to appendicitis. 
Well, just drive a few mules around back. There's a place for animals and a shed for the wagon. Then if you haven't had your supper, why don't you come inside? Well, that's how McCumber and Sally met up. Dad, he worked on into the night repairing the wagon wheel. Mama made a good, hot supper. Sally, she was smart enough to figure out a way to wangle a ride west in McCumber's wagon. Where do you get your miracle tonic, Mr. McCumber? That's Dr. McCumber. I make it myself. What's it made of? Ah, my dear, that's the secret. A combination of beneficial herbs and roots brewed from a recipe entrusted to me on his deathbed by the great chief of the Ojibwe's, a tribal medicine handed down from antiquity. No doubt you are aware that the Ojibwe's enjoy amazingly good health and are known for their remarkable longevity. Why, Chief Eagleheart was believed to have lived to the age of 120 years, my dear, when he finally slipped away to that happy hunting ground. But not before he confided in me the secret of the elixir, which accounted for the tribe's great courage, handsome children, and incredible resistance to all manner of disease. And that is how it is now possible for anyone, man or boy, with a price of a single dollar, to enjoy the self-same miracle tonic today. How many bottles would you like? I may not pass this way again. Uh, well, you see, I haven't got any money to speak of. Oh, I, I see. But, well, I've got to get back on the Oregon Trail. You're all alone, Sally? Yes, at Christmas time. Ah, melancholy time for those of us who travel life's trails alone. Well, I'm, I'm hoping to catch up with my sweetheart by Christmas. But, no, it just doesn't look like I'll make it. You have a horse? Yes, but not a very good one. I, um... I don't suppose you'd be willing to take me along with you. I, I could help. I could cook and I could, I could help sell the Miracle Tonic. And I wouldn't be any trouble. Well, now, I don't oh, know. Oh, please, Mr. McCumber. Uh, Dr. McCumber. Dr. McCumber, if, if I don't get away from Wyoming, I just don't know what'll happen to me. Well, old Horace McCumber gave in, and next morning, soon as Daddy got the wheel repaired, McCumber and Sally set off down the trail in the wagon. McCumber's mule in the traces and Sally's sorry old mare tied on behind. Three days before Christmas it was, and threatening weather, and neither one of them knowing what they was about to run into. That poor girl. Was she warm enough? Well, I don't reckon anyone was ever warm enough in a Wyoming winter in those days. Ah, but the worst was yet to come, like they say. morning, along the Oregon Trail, the temperature began to drop, and big black clouds boiled in over the Shoshone Basin and piled up against the Rattlesnake Range. Now, Doc McCumber's wagon was pretty snug. It had a big wooden tailgate with crates of tonic bottles lashed to it, blankets and bedrolls and cooking gear inside, and even had an Edison talking machine, the kind that played cylinder records through a big morning glory horn. But even with all that truck inside, it was, it was bleak country they was traveling through. Lonely country. Can't we go any faster? You'll have to ask Salome. Salome? 
My mule. Can't you make her move just a little faster than she's going? Nope. This is just about her regular speed. I'll never catch up with Jonah. Tell me something, Sally. Is Jonah expecting you? Well, sure he is. He knows I'd come to her no, no matter where he'd run off to. Well, if he's running from the law, you think he wants a woman slowing him down? But I wouldn't slow him down. I could ride fast as any man. I could show you. Oh, it's starting to snow again. Yeah, that it is. Well, the sky grew darker and darker, and a wind come up, and the snow grew into the wagon. How can you see where we're going? I can't. What if we run off the trail? I leave that up to Salome. She's never failed me yet. Salome? You let a mule do your thinking for you? I'm trying to tell you. She's down there feeling the trail. We're up here in the wagon. The snow keeps up. There isn't going to be any trail. Hey, where are you going? Girl? What are you digging for back in the wagon? I'm getting my things and getting out of here. You can stay here plodding behind your mule if you want to. But I'm taking my horse and I'm getting down the trail. Whoa, Salome. Sally, wait a minute. Thanks for the buggy ride, Mr. McCumber. I hope you get where you're going. So long. Hey, girl. Girl. Sally. How many times I have to tell you, it's not mister, it's doctor. Sally untied her horse from behind the wagon and rode off into the snowstorm. McCumber, he started up again. But now the trail was completely blotted out by the snow. More every minute. Four or five hours went by. Salome would put her head down into the blizzard, feel with one hoof, gradually ease forward, then feel with another. She inherited her sure-footedness from her daddy, who was a donkey, and a strong body from her mama, who was a mare. Up in the wagon sat Doc McCumber, numb with cold, all wrapped up in an Indian blanket, frost and ice in his beard and eyebrows, but beginning to burn with fever. Keep on going, Salome. Got to keep on going. The old mule inched along, pulling the wagon until darkness fell altogether. The old man sat in the wagon, his mind so near frozen that he didn't know what to do. No telling how long it was before he realized Salome wasn't moving and hadn't moved for some time. When he did realize it, he moved his joints slow like he'd I could crack if he put on any speed at all. The snow on the blanket turned to ice and it cracked into splinters as he got painfully down from the wagon and walked up to that mule. Homie, you can't stop now, girl. You can't leave us out here tonight. Come on, please, old girl. Just another mile. Find us some shelter. For you and me, well, we ain't gonna make it. Come on, old girl. I'll try and I'll try and lead you for a ways. Come on, now, come on. But that mule wouldn't budge an inch. McCumber, he tugged and he pulled, but the mule just wouldn't move. And then, 
Through the blowing snow, McCumber saw something up ahead. A little white mound. He stared at it. His frozen brain trying to identify it. And then he stumbled off toward it. He stopped beside it and slowly knelt down. Oh, no. No! Sally? Sally, girl? Sure enough, it was Sally. She was alive, but barely breathing. McCumber figured she'd been lying there about a half an hour. From the snow that covered her, he struggled to get her on her feet when she came to. It's me, Sally. Dr. McCumber. Come on, I'll, I'll walk you in the wagon. I can't walk. Leg broken. My horse fell. Your leg? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yes, I see. Sally, girl, I'm going to pick you up and carry you back to the wagon. Up you go now. Nobody knows how McCumber managed to struggle back to that wagon with Sally on his back. But he did. Got her as comfortable as possible in the back of the wagon. She was she was out of the wind now, but still half frozen from the cold. Mr. McCumber, we're clear off the trail. My horse strayed. Fell, fell over something. I, I shot him. Shot him? You had a gun? With this gun, it's yours. I took from the wagon when I lit out. That's all right, girl. Oh, you lost Mr. McCumber. And I'm hurting real bad. Yeah, I know you are. Can't you do something for me? Maybe I can, girl. Listen, Sally. Sally, girl, now, you, you drink a bottle of this. What is it? It's my tonic. McCumber's Miracle Tonic. What do I want with that? I want some coffee or a brandy. Yeah, I know you do. We can't get a fire started in this wind. Now you you got to get something in your stomach. Go on now. Drink it. All right. Well, how do you like it? I, I, I don't know. Where are you taking the crate? It's all I've got between us and the blizzard, girl. It's been a long time since Salome had a drink. You have to give the mule this stuff. All I got is the tonic. You know what you are, Mr. McCumber. You're crazy. You're plum crazy. McCumber uncorked six bottles and poured them into the leather water bucket for the mule. There you go, Salome. Drink hearty, old dear. You'll find us some shelter. Well... The mule stuck her frost-covered nose into the bucket and jerked it back out again. She nickered and tossed her head. She laid her long ears back and shuddered. Then, after after looking a long time at the haggard face of the old McCumber, she gingerly stuck her nose back into the bucket and began to lamp it up. Back in the wagon again, McCumber and Sally lay shivering. Burning up with fever. The wagon's moving. Yeah, I can, I can feel it. Let me look. Oh no! 
No. What, what is it? Oh, Sally girl, I've really done it now. Poor old Salome. She's weaving back and forth in the, in the traces. She can't stand up. You made her drink the tonic? It's all I had. What's in this stuff anyway? Well, you know, I can't tell you that. It's a trade, trade secret. I know it's a terrible man. We're going to die out here. What did you put in this tonic? It's a tribal secret of the old Jimaways. Entrusted to me by... by... Oh... The storm lashed the Great Plains, piling up drifts ten feet high. There were thousands of cattle caught on the rangelands and froze huddled together. The ice snapped the telegraph wires. Nothing moved on that prairie but the wind. Then what happened to McCumber and Sally? Christmas morning, Sally, she awoke. She was raging with fever. Mr. McCumber, Mr. McCumber... Let me alone, girl. Let me die. Mr. McCumber, it's, it's getting light. You know what day this is? It's Christmas morning. Oh, what a day to die. And we're not moving anymore. Huh? No, we're not. Let's see now. Oh, Salome. What? Salome. She's frozen in her tracks. I drove her to this. I pushed her too far. She was the most loyal friend a man could ever have. A finer, stronger beast never lived. Where are you going, Mr. McCumber? I did this to you, Salome. I, you poor, faithful old friend... You dragged us until you could pull no more. But where have you taken us, Salome? Where are we? Look. Huh? Look, Mr. McCumber. Look over there. Smoke. Yeah, you're right. Good merciful heavens, it's a cabin. Salome, you have saved our lives. With his last ounce of energy, McCumber helped Sally down from the wagon. And together they plowed through the snow over half a mile to the door of that cabin, now most covered with drifted snow. Together, the half-frozen pair pounded on the door. When it opened, they saw inside a roaring fire, a small fir tree with candles lit, candy canes, and from inside came the aroma of fresh bacon. And standing in the doorway, a, a ruddy-cheeked young man with a dumbfounded look on his face. Who is it, dear? Come hurry, Annie. It's Sally and Dr. McCumber. So you see, under the influence of McCumber's miracle tonic, a miracle did happen. That poor old mule had made a big circle out in the wilderness of Wyoming. It brought them right back to Papa's door. Oh, that's a wonderful Christmas story, Mr. Jacobson. 
I trust Sally and Dr. McCumber survived. Oh, sure they did. Not only that, but when the storm was over, they, they went out back to the wagon and fed the last bottles of that miracle tonic to Salome. And she survived to enjoy many more Christmases with Dr. Horace P. McCumber. Or at least, that's what I remember Papa told me. Tonight, Crisis presented McCumber's Miracle Tonic, written especially for Crisis, and featuring Jay Green, Pat French, Tony Karloff, and Lee Posh. Engineering by Carney Barton, script and direction by yours truly, Jim French. Crisis is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. Be with us next Thursday at 10 for Crisis, and join Harry Nile at this time Tuesday nights for detective action from the 1940s. And now, a Merry Christmas from all of us on Crisis. <laughs>